Welcome to Dancing with Gravity, my podcast into the life of a juggler. My name is Cyril Rabat, I'm your host and I'm French, deal with it. I've been a professional juggler for the past 25 years and this is episode, I don't remember, number something. And today it's about um, stage, stage fright, how to deal with your stress your emotions when you go on stage and you're about to perform or speak or teach or um, you know whatever it is when you're in front of an audience i believe that as soon as you're talking to like an audience of more than like three people you're acting you're you're in this performance space there's something more. You're not just uh, you, your individual you talking to someone else in a discussion, like in a uh, back and forth discussion. When you're talking and you're addressing yourself to more than three people, there's a dimension of being on stage and being seen and being in a performance setting. So you don't have to be like juggling or, you know, doing anything extraordinary, but there is this dim dimension of like uh, consciousness of being seen and heard by a group. And that puts pressure. Um, I'm really good at being on stage and handling the pressure of being seen. But for example, I'm very uncomfortable Uh, being in front of a group of 10 people talking, you know, like th this is not my craft. Like my craft is being a performer and that I can handle in front of a large audience for a limited amount of time. But, you know, like um, it happens sometime where like talking about something, there's a large group of people because I'm attending to a workshop on your inner child, for example, And then you have to, um, you know, I want to share and I, I want to stand up and speak up in front of 20 people and share about myself. Maybe it's because I'm sharing something personal, but I don't think so. Because when I'm on stage and I'm performing, I am opening up this intimate, personal part of myself. So I know how to do that. It's just that maybe when it's not scripted or maybe I'm just introvert and It's funny because I think a lot of performers are actually introvert. And on stage, they look extrovert and they look very comfortable and they're like reaching out to so many people. But the truth is, in private, they're um, introvert. And so th that that's my situation. And I'm actually growing and learning about uh, how to be in a being seen setting uh, when I'm not performing, when I'm not juggling, so I can be comfortable with that. But the point here is um, to talk about stage and how to deal with that. So I, 
I thought I would just go back to my own experience in my own life and how I dealt with it and the different stages I've been through. And I remember I was really lucky to find the Cirque Ephemer, uh, Ephemeral Circus in French, a very little uh, modest family circus in um, Haute-Savoie in France. It's the French part uh, near the border of Switzerland. And they, they were very smart in a sense that right away when I was touring with them, when I was 14 years old, they let me be on stage, but my role was minima, minimal. So I was the stage hand. So I, I was in a costume, but I didn't really have any character, and I was helping building up and building uh, down the props and moving stuff around so the show could go on. But I didn't really have any uh, solo act per se. I was part of some of the things, but there were there were I had no pressure really. I had no like one moment on stage and I did that for one summer and the summer after they included me a little more in some of their act and I had at one point like a, a two three minute uh, juggling performance and then the summer after I had my own act it was like a five minute performance and then I was even more included into like acting scenes uh, of some of the other act. So the whole thing was very modest and there were no high stakes, but it doesn't really matter when you're on stage. Um, I was feeling this sense of like being stressed out and we call it in French trac. Trac is the... Um, the stress feeling, but it's it's not just being stressed out, it's directly linked to this feeling of being overwhelmed because you're going on stage performing in front of an audience. So we have a specific word for that. I don't know in English if there is. But so I'm gonna refer to this as le, le track, the track. That that that's this specific feeling and it doesn't really matter if like performing in front of 10,000 people and it's a very important show or you're in front of uh, 30 people and it's a small circus somewhere lost in the mountain of Switzerland. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's legitimate. Like the experience of uh, me or whoever is doing that is legitimate. It's the same. You can't, you know, say oh that's less or more you can you can judge from the outside but from the inside the feeling is the same and that's uh that's legit and so that's why it's good to start with low stakes uh performances um where you don't like show up i don't know on tv and you do like america's got talent and you you never performed anywhere this is the biggest mistake i see uh, for circus performers or any type of artist is to go too fast and to be propelled or, you know, find an opportunity 
to showcase yourself in in a in a big space you're not ready for this is the best way to burn your um wings and 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 go into disgrace and and be the laugh of everybody basically and it's very sad that happened in um the tv media uh, industry are eager to find those kinds of people that they can throw out there too close to the sun and let them burn because it creates a lot of drama and and apparently um, the audience loved that and it increased the rating you know like more drama the better but I'm looking at this from a performer's perspective, from an artist's perspective, and so I'm seeing a fellow artist being burned when I see that, and it makes me sad because that sucks. It's not the kind of experience I want for myself or I wish for any of my peers. And I, the way to avoid that is really to go, to take it slow, to, to do small stages with no stakes and slowly increase the pressure so you just get used to it and you're comfortable with it and that's um, I mean that's the smart way to go about it sometimes you don't really have a choice and for some people it works you know like you can see some some artists are just incredible and have an innate sense of owning the stage and they know how to deal with that instinctively and they're just going to do a great job but it it seems to me it's pretty rare it seems to me being on stage and owning your track your stress levels and being able to handle yourself is, is a learning process i don't believe it's something you have or you don't you might have a little um advantage in it or or you know like innate sense and i believe i did because when i see videos of me when i was like nine years old doing like the 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 theater uh piece with the rest of the classroom or whatever i was the one in front of the stage projecting my voice and um telling everybody else what to do I was uh, I was very like you know pushing my friends around being like no no you, you need to be here on stage that's how we're gonna see you and I was I was not even conscious I was doing that I was just like um bossing everybody around just instinctively so I had some sort of like instinctive sense of being on stage but I still learned so much and I had to do that slowly um, so it's something you, you that you can learn that that it it's possible to learn and we shouldn't think about it as something just given and and then you have it or you don't. It's a learning process. So quickly after you know having this increasing experience and being slowly. Um, exposed to being on stage and being alone on stage and being alone for a longer amount of time on stage and owning the stage and being able to handle that, 
I started performing um, more, like in little cabarets here and there, and low stake um, shows and places, and start performing in the streets. But quickly, something happened where I I start feeling very comfortable, and and I start believing I was good at it (laughs) and that's when um, it started to get ugly because I started going on stage expecting people to just like me and um, appreciate what I was doing and I thought it was granted like for a second here I was going on stage expecting things expecting things to be just granted to me that they're gonna love it I'm good and that's just gonna work and and that's when the shit hit the fan I love this expression because when you picture it in your head it's like so gross and um and I I had really bad experiences doing so because this is a very bad attitude to go on stage expecting to be appreciated, to be loved, to be, um, you know, people like looking up at you and like being like, oh, you're amazing. Going on stage expecting that is, is um, you're, you're trapped because if people don't, uh, then you're fucked. And if people do, then you, there's just like, filling up your expectations so there's no room for more there's no room for um the multitude of other ways you can appreciate a performance or appreciate an artist or being seen or appreciated as an artist is very narrow-minded you just want to be loved and I, I mean, I did like that. I did that, and so it took me a while to, um, and 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 it took me a f- like many uh, bad experiences where I what I didn't get what I was expecting, and I got really crushed down by that, and slowly realized, oh, like an attitude to be humble, going on stage not knowing what's gonna happen and be humble about it is extremely important because in a way doing so you set a foundation that the audience is going to sense and most of the time when I talk about that obviously the audience is not conscious about all that they're not like thinking "Ooh, this artist seems very humble and I'm going to slowly start appreciating what he's doing and he's going to take us from point A to point B being like a ascendant curve and so when it finishes I'm going to just love this artist like there's there isn't a conscious um process in the audience mind but when you get out of it and you analyze it as a performer that's what's actually happening so when I'm talking about that I'm talking about like the overall experience and I'm telling you that's what's happening because I, I just know by this point I I know that's what's happening so where was I 
yeah, if you enter a stage with this humble um, attitude, your 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 starting point is more acceptable, and uh, people can relate to you. Like they can actually meet you at a starting point because when you do a performance, you start somewhere and you finish somewhere else. Because if you start at one point and you finish at the same point, it sucks because it's flat. So even if you go on stage and you start and it's really, really strong and it's upbeat and the, um, the rhythm is amazing and like the intensity is amazing, but you maintain the same intensity and you finish at the same intensity, if you um, uh, pull, uh, if, if you step back and you look at the overall uh, evolution of the rhythm and the intensity of the act, it's flat. It didn't go up. It didn't go down. It's flat. And anything that's flat in life is boring, because if you keep it flat for too long, no matter the intensity, it's just boring. So the key for a performance is uh, the wave, is going up, going down, is modifying the intensity, the rhythm, and the kind of presence you have on stage. Uh, Technically, in circus performance, since a circus performance is like on average like five minutes long, or circus performance or like a burlesque performance or like a song or like whatever performance where you're on stage only for like five minutes, you don't have so much time to like create so many waves. So after many years of like trying to figure out, I realized like the best way to go about it is just to start point A and have a crescendo going up, increasing the intensity, increasing the rhythm to finish at point B which is higher intensity than when you start. So when you do that, you have an evolution. You started somewhere and you finish somewhere else. So imagine you enter the stage and you're expecting to be amazing, to be loved, to be seen like this amazing performer right off the bat, point A. Well, that's where you want to finish. But if you start there and you expect to start and finish there, once again, it's flat. There's no evolution. People are not growing to love you. They're not like they're they're um, the the way they see you and the way they relate to you and the way they enjoying you is not growing. It's just the same. And when it's the same, it's boring. Like this is just a a rule. It's just like that. You know, like when it's flat, it's flat. No matter the intensity. So. Imagine you go on stage, and that's always what I tell myself. Um, this is key, I think, to uh, mostly like a daily performance when you perform a lot, when you perform like every day. Maybe not, maybe that doesn't apply if you do like a, sh- a show every month. Then you might want to like kick your ass and, and be on top of it. But if you're performing every day and even like twice a day, uh, you're doing a lot of shows and you it's difficult i'm going to talk about myself like I, I i can't i'm having a hard time being at my best twice a day every day all the time for a month at a time so 
what I do is that I just enter the stage with, um, be, by, and, and I'm, I'm honest. And when I say that, it means I honestly assume the emotion, the energy, the rhythm, the overall feeling that I'm in at that moment. And I just start there. So if I'm tired and I don't want to perform because uh, my body is not in its best shape and maybe I'm uh, suffering somewhere because um, I, maybe not an injury, but like just repetition, just uh, tear some muscles or are very hard on the body and I'm really sore. And I'm like, today I could really take a break, but show must go on. So I just need to get out there and do it. Well, I go with that. And I enter the stage with this feeling of being tired. And that's where I'm at. And I, I don't pretend unless I'm actually in another space, then, you know, if I'm really cranked up and like super happy to be here and I'm going to put, and I'm like, well, today's the day, then I enter with that. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, positive, negative, it does. And that's where also I remove that connotation of like positive, negative, like it's not good or bad. It's whatever emotion I have, because I don't believe that emotions are bad or good, like positive, negative, they have positive or negative effects on yourself on other people. But the emotion in itself is just emotion. It's just a language. It's like how your body's feeling. It's like how, how you're feeling. So it's, it's a language. It's a communication between you and you. So communication is not bad. Communication is communication. And then you do whatever you want with that. And so I believe in that. So I enter the stage with whatever's there. And first of all, it's honest. And people can relate to that because they can see that I'm in something that it's real. It's actually real for me. I'm really in that state. And people can sense that. The audience sense what's happening because whatever you do, people see everything. And people, the audience sees through you. If you're nervous, if you're whatever, they're just going to see right through you. So there's no use in trying to hide anything. So based on that principle, I don't hide anything. And in the contrary, I actually assume it and, and, and showcase it. I, I like brag about it. I like, I bring that on stage and I own it and I show that to the audience intentionally. So then there's like, um, a really relatability, like we can relate the, the audience relates to me. Like they, they can see that I'm being honest and that I'm, um, putting on the table what's there, what's real, what's true. And the second point is that if you're in sync with yourself when you start the show, then it's much easier to slowly increase the rhythm, increase the intensity, shift the emotion from that like shitty emotion at the beginning into something more poppy and happy and or whatever it is that you want to do and slowly tune up the volume of yourself. And once again, start point A 
you come how you are, you own how you are, and you start with that, and and then you slowly crank up the volume throughout the act, so you finish point B, where you're it's it's faster, it's higher energy, you, the emotion changed, most probably to something uh, more poppy, more more fun, more interesting for the audience, uh, in a sense that there's an exchange happening during the act, you know, like the audience is looking at you and enjoying you, for hopefully, and you are uh, feeling that and giving to the audience and being um, energized by that. And so this evolution is fueling, like you're fueling the audience, the audience is fueling you, and the whole thing is fueling your performance to finish at a higher point that you started. And when you do that, it's a win-win. It's it's a win-win because um, because there's an evolution. And hopefully the evolution is going up. You, you Unless you have a very specific act and you're playing on that and you want to finish down, although that's a risk because, you know, like most probably people go to shows. I mean, what I'm doing is circus, so it's, popular and just people go out to have fun so they, they want to feel energized they want to they want to finish feeling like wow that was amazing and they're very everybody's happy you know so it's like more like going up but it kind of like works the same way if you want to go down or if you have the chance to have a longer show so you're on stage for 15 minutes for 30 minutes for an hour if it's a one-man show or if it's a circus show like an entire circus show and you're here for a whole hour then you have the opportunity to like go up go down even plateau if you want and and like create like a whole journey Um, but it's the same thing it's like you need to start point a and have a bunch of different spots you're gonna hit along the way uh, higher lower plateau whatever and then finish point b it's the end of the show and this needs to be different so there's a whole um, technique here i guess or philosophy or way to see that and that explains to me why it's okay to start honest and not hyper right away and keep a little bit of reserve so you can finish your act or finish your performance or finish your presentation or what it is a little higher pumped up than the way you started it because that's what people remember People remember the beginning and the end. And if if there's a good beginning, honest, true, real, and then there's a higher ending that's like higher energy, then then that's it. You won. You got them, you know. So that's, yeah, that's a point. And um, what else? What else happened? Like, the, I mean, I'm telling you this like it's nothing, but it took me 20 years to figure that out. So I went through a lot of different phases of um, feeling very uh, egocentric and pride of my, proud of myself, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm so good. And then having a lot of f- fall, like falling a lot and having a really a lot of bad experiences because of that. Because I was 
thinking too highly of myself and then um, doing a whole circle to come back to like now every time I go on stage, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't expect the audience to react to anything and I don't think I'm amazing at all. I just think I'm here to have an experience and share with the audience and be honest and however the audience uh, sees that and react to that, I can't control. I can only feed them, you know, feed the situation, feed the moment and give to the moment. And I, I go on stage with no expectations. No, yeah, even like I'm actually even expecting um, nothing. So it's not that I'm expecting it's going to go bad, but I'm, I'm expecting nothing. I'm expecting nothing. I'm just here to give. I'm kind of thinking about it while I'm talking about it because I never formulated in those words exactly before. There's a little trick that's coming to mind. Uh, when I started performing with the Cirque du Soleil, um, it was I was on their Dralion show. Uh, it was in arenas in the States. So it's like huge places where people go to see like hockey uh, match or, or basketball tournament, whatever. And so you can feel like a lot of people you can feel like five ten thousand people twenty thousand people i don't know how many people so we would like um shut half of the uh thing because because we they didn't want to have like people 360 all around the show so the show was like half of that like 180 degrees so you had people like on the left on the right and in the, f in the front so it wasn't full uh, arenas because of that, but some of the arenas was easily like 5,000 people every show. And I remember getting ready at the beginning thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I'm never going to be good enough for that. Like, this is, I'm way over my head. You know, even though that was my dream to, to get there and... I pushed myself my entire life to get there, um, to get better and to be, to get good enough to eventually do that thing. When it finally came, I was like, I'm going to go on this stage. Actually, that was a terrible stage because it was sticky because they, they painted it and the coat on top of the paint for the stage. It was a beautiful stage, you know, like very artistic with a lot of painting and stuff, but but for performance it was terrible it was like actually sticky so there so i mean actually i think it was good for the acrobats when they were doing like their their you know acrobatics on the stage so they wouldn't fall because like slippery stage is kind of dangerous for for um the acrobats but for dancing for juggling for a lot of other things it was like the worst but whatever um then I was supposed to be on this sticky stage, uh, not helpful, on this huge arena with like so many people. And then at one point I was by myself doing this. It was a long juggling act. It was like 
close to seven minutes, way too long. So I was doing like a seven minute juggling act by myself and I was like stressed out. I was like, what am I doing here? I, I should have never accepted to do that. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, it's, it's not going to work. And the arena, the way it's built is funny because they're all very different. We, we toured like so many around the States that I saw a lot of them, you know, and they, they're all made differently. But the backstage area, some of them, it was very easy to get out. Uh, I remember being in Florida. And so it was like 60 degrees in in the arena because they were playing hockey. So they had to keep it really cool to to keep the ice um, from melting. But then outside it was like 100 degrees because it's Florida, the summertime, and it was like so hot. And so the feeling was like being in a fridge in the arena and suddenly stepping into a hoven outside and, and it was so hot. But stepping outside and seeing, you know, the sky, the road, people driving, going places. And I was like maybe 10 minutes from my act, you know, like the show was going on and I was getting ready and it was like coming and my act was coming. I had to, to, to get ready backstage and start soon. But I was out there and seeing the cars go around and people doing their business. And I realized, oh, I mean, the entire world really don't give a shit what's going to happen in this arena right now. Like if if I drop a ball, if I fail, if I do my act perfectly, like the, the world does not give a shit. Nobody cares. Yes, there's like 5,000 people. But what is 5,000 people compared to 7 billion people? Like it's nothing. So... It made me realize that, you know, like kind of like tune down the reality of like what I'm actually doing, that what I'm doing is actually not very meaningful for most people. Like nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares. And even those people in the room, they're going to see that and be like, oh, that's great. And then. Well, maybe they're going to remember they saw a juggler. Maybe they won't because, you know, there's so many things happening all the time. So that was a big realization. It was like, oh, nobody cares. It's like, that's not a big deal. What's going to happen today is going to happen in front of such a small fraction of humanity that it's just irrelevant. And... (laughs) For some reason, it helped me because the parallel thought that I had at that moment was like, I could walk out and keep walking straight forever and just walk out of the situation and never look back and I would be fine. And the show would be fine. They would realize I'm not here and maybe have like a 10 second pause because before they figure out how to, you know, move on. And then by tomorrow, they would like, replace me or just pull my act out of the show and that's it and nobody cares but I was like I either walk out of here and never look back 
or I go on stage and I do my job, but in either way, nobody cares. It's not a big deal. You're not a big deal. I'm not a big deal. We're all not that big of a deal. And it makes me think of like, what of the artists that are big deals, you know? What what of the big ones, the Justin Timberlake, the the Michael Jackson, the I don't know, like the the big big one. And I I do think that the big big artists that you know, like if they do something, the world is is looking at them. The the world is watching when they they are performing. And they're doing those amazing performances that are broadcasted to, like, I don't know, like, is it like 1% of the world population, 5%, 10% of the world population, you know, when they do like a Super Bowl or a show for the World Cup and, and like, how many people are watching? Like a billion people are watching? That's kind of important, but at this point of fame and this point of their career, it feels to me that whatever they do, people are going to love it because they are who they are, you know, like everybody knows them so intimately or have an illusion or have a sensation of knowing them so intimately because they've been listening to their music and seeing them in so many interviews or seeing them perform in movies or whatever, that those people are becoming like public figures. They're not just artists. They're like part of their, they're part of our lives. So we, we have a sense of knowing them intimately. And at that point, because we know them so much, whatever they do, we're going to just accept it because we understand they're human because we have this relationship with them, even though they don't have that relationship with us because they don't have a clue who you are, who I am. They don't give a shit who we are because for them, they're addressing themselves to an audience. And when you, I mean, that I, I'm bringing that to what I know, which is absolutely not on the same scale, but it's the same thing in the sense that when I'm performing for 200 people, I'm not, I don't know the name of the 200 people and I don't even see that audience as like individuals. I see that audience as an audience, as, as a group. I'm addressing myself to the group, to the, to the overall audience. And that's a key also for, to deal with that is, is not to, to see individual people because when you see the individuality then you start getting into the psychology it's like what is this person feeling what is this person thinking what is this person's opinion when you have a group you you get out of the individual psychology 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 and 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 you start getting into like a the group feeling the the group reaction and you can play with that you can you can actually interact with a group because if you try to interact with every different person of that 200 people audience it's like you you can't you don't have time you it's 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 too much 
um, stand-up comedians do that sometimes, but it's it's because it serves their show, you know, like they're addressing this as the group, and then sometimes they're like picking up on one person, one person that's like overreacting, and so they're like picking up on them, and it makes everybody else's laugh, or asking one person like where are you coming from, whatever, so they can go on with their joke, but it's like built into their act, they're actually they don't give a shit about this one person. It's it's because it serves the purpose and it serves the group. And actually, in street performance, I did that a lot. Like you, you, you know, when when you have one individual that um, is kind of like demarqué, uh, which say in French, like demarcating, like I mean, uh, standing out of the group by uh, overreacting or being different in a way or another dressed different or uh, whatever it is and is interesting and is attracting the attention of the whole group then it's a smart thing to do as a, a street performer to bring the atten- your attention on them so you're playing with them because if someone is attracting the attention of the group and that someone is not you there's a problem and you need to bring the attention back on you so whatever it takes but Okay, that was a digression. Um, coming back on like the group, you're dressing yourself to the group. So those people, those very famous people, they, they don't know you. They're dressing themselves to a group. And instead of being 200 people, it's like 200,000 people. It's 200 million people. But it, they have no idea who you are, you as an individual. And, and it's normal. But for us we have a very a sense of being very close and intimate with them. So at that point, whatever they do, we we like it, you know, because they're just human, so we understand. And if they turn around and fart, we're just going to laugh or like it because like, oh, the, the, you know. So there's this, it, you're in another level, you know, like at that point you're on another level and it's kind of like hard to, fail i guess at that point not not hard to fail but like at that point i don't think you're focusing on the same things although i, I wouldn't really know because i never been there you know i have no idea so the idea here is to bring it back to you and let go of the expectation like being on stage, yes, you're going to be nervous. You should be nervous. You should have the track uh, because that adrenaline and that nervousness you can feel in your body can be very positive and can be a fuel for your experience, for your performance. If you don't feel anything, that that's dangerous. That can actually be a problematic because um, then you don't care kind of you know it's like it's important to feel something it's important to feel this nervousness when you ent- you're going to enter the stage because if you harnessed it and you're like giving it a purpose and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna give the best i'm gonna give my best i'm gonna try to um do the best job i can right now and you actually go for it you can use that nervousness, that track, that like stage fright and turn it into um, 
fuel for your performance and 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 run run your body on that fuel like feed yourself from that uh it's actually dangerous not to not to feel it um i always artificial artificially create it when i don't feel it you know because sometimes once again if you do like two shows a day for a long time eventually you start getting used to that feeling and getting used to going on stage and doing your job and it's not that uh, frightening anymore it's not you know it's just that's that's what you do every day you wake up you get ready and you do a show and then you relax and you do a second show and so it's like it's it's getting normal but when it's too normal i i make sure to like bring it into inside my body like artificially create that nervousness so i can feed off of that it's just a question of like being honest and and not expecting anything not not expecting like not thinking things are granted to you that you should be good and people should love you and people should appreciate what you do it's just it's more like i'm going to put myself out there i'm going to feed off of my uh stage fright and 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 give and do my best and and we'll see and we'll see how people react but basically if you start like that you're going to quickly feel that the audience is with you and is going to give back to you and then you can feed off of that you start by feeding off of your own nervousness but then quickly you start feeding off of the audience and and giving back to the audience and you finish at a higher point you finish point B higher than point A your starting point and then you you made it yeah i think i think that's it i think that's my recommendation for stage fright So guys if you find this podcast valuable you can support it in many ways you can review it wherever you listen to it you can share it on social media with your friends or you can support it directly by purchasing juggling props on playjuggling.com and there's a promo code at checkout and this is the worst promo code ever but Davide David is the owner of the 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 company and and he told he told me he would uh change it to something easier maybe a month ago and he didn't do it yet cuz he's very busy uh so right now the voucher is like GHBP13QR it's like fucking doesn't mean anything and you're not going to remember it for sure. I I can't remember it. So I'm going to write it in the show notes. Um yeah, so that that's the shitty promo code I have right now, but I'm very happy to have one and uh because I have one you can get 10% off. Uh anything you buy juggling related on playjuggling.com. Thanks for listening to the show guys. And remember, failure is an essential part of juggling, but failing is not the problem. The problem is not learning from your failures. So get out there and juggle, fail, learn, repeat. Yeah.